you know, what people feel in their hearts, their longing, their loneliness, that holds. But it also, it's about environmental degradation and road tripping and the way people feel their lives are taken over by banks and forces they can't see and immigration and, you know, discrimination and hope and poverty. It is all still in there. I read passages that are as relevant in 2021 America today as they were then. It shocked me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Without These Books. I am your host, Allison Roach. Without These Books is a thank you inspired video podcast where each episode celebrates the authors, books, and characters that changed us as writers, readers, and as people. So, on our show today, we have a lovely guest. Her name is Susan Jane Gilman. She is a New York Times bestselling author of five books that are both fiction and nonfiction, including Hypocrite in the Poofy White Dress, Undress Me in the Temple of Heaven, and her novel, The Ice Cream Queen of Orchard Street. Her latest novel, Donna Has Left the Building, is out now in paperback and was named one of the best summer reads by Oprah Magazine. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, what is the book that you chose? I chose the book that really was the one that made me want to be a writer more than anything. John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath. Yes. So when did you first read it and how did it affect you? Um, I first read it, I was 16 years old and I already knew I wanted to be a writer, but um, it, I picked it up. The t- I found the title off-putting. It was big, but I figured as a writer, you have to read the greats. And I knew this had won the Pulitzer, the National Book Award, and that Steinbeck had won the Nobel Prize for Literature. So I picked it up thinking, uh, and I couldn't put it down. And it just was one of those books that just <gasps> sucks you in. And I don't remember anything about books I read, books I love. I don't remember the ending. I've read Catcher in the Rye seven times. I can't tell you how it ends. I've read, you know, 100 Years of Solitude. All I remember are butterflies. That's the entire thing. But The Grapes of Wrath, when I read that ending, I was just shattered and I wept and I've always remembered it. And it was just something that made me say, if I could write half this well, the power of this book, if I could reach that, that's what I want. It It was the gold standard for me. Yeah. It was the beacon. Yeah. So do you think, um, what, what, what drew you to it? Was it the characters or the way it was written or structure? What do you think grabbed you? Well, I think that I loved everything and I didn't expect to. You know, uh, for, the, for those of you who haven't read it yet, it's the story of the Joad family. It's set in the 1930s. They are, they are living in Oklahoma where their farm has been wiped out by the dust storms and the bank has foreclosed and they take to the road as migrant workers and they dream of going to California where their lives will change. And of course that doesn't happen. So first of all, you know, there's, I didn't know anything at 16 about the Dust Bowl or Oklahoma and the writing is so beautiful. And when I was starting off as a writer, I just thought, you know, the poetry of language and Steinbeck writes in an almost biblical way, but minus the sanctimony, there are passages just about the land, the land turning dusty and red and the men sit, sitting on their haunches and writing in the land and what the women do. And he manages to sort of write about everybody from a very broad view, but then get right in their heads. And then you wonder what's going to happen. And he paints this whole picture of America and you're in the diners and the used car dealerships. 
So every single thing, just from start to finish, that's rarely happened with me with the book. Yeah. Um, have you revisited it? You know, I did specifically for this podcast and I was afraid to. This is usually when I love a book, I reread it. But my experience of this at 16 was so strong. I was afraid I don't want to go back and look. What if it doesn't hold up? There are a few, you know, there are a few books in my life that I loved when I was a teenager. And then you look back at it, you go, yeah, you were a teenager. Yeah. So I reread this and it holds up. And what shocked me was how much of this story holds up today. I mean, they're all the same issues. He wrote it, what, 82, 83 years ago? Wow. I mean, you know, what people feel in their hearts, their longing, their loneliness, that holds. But it also, it's about environmental degradation and road tripping and the way people feel their lives are taken over by banks and forces they can't see and immigration and you know, discrimination and hope and poverty, it is all still in there. I read passages that are as relevant in 2021 America today as they were then. It shocked me. Do you think this book approach helped you develop your approach to writing in any way? It did, um, very much so. Besides the fact that it just gave me a standard, um, but it showed me how, how Steinbeck really writes with empathy for everybody and you know he writes about you know Tom Jones gone to prison and killed a man and he's sort of got like inbaked racism and he's rough on the edges and yet you also see his desire to want to do right in the world there's a fallen preacher there's Al who's just you know chasing girls there's you know um poor pregnant Rose of Sharon and you know I could see the way he got in their heads and he made everybody, he says in this book, you know, there's, you know, there's not virtue or vice people, they're just doing things. He writes with an incredible humanity mm -hmm. and he writes about big issues without being in any way didactic or, you know, preachy. And I love that, all of it. Yeah, I, I read it when I was, I think I must've been 16 or 17 when I read it and I read it for school. Um, and I remember seeing it and not, knowing if I was going to love it. Um, but what I remember about it is the beginning and the end. And the beginning, there was like this big passage about, um, it's so descriptive about the land and the tractors and the, and the machinery. Yes. I was like, hold on a second. This is, this is amazing. Like this is really It is. And I'm a city kid. You know, I grew up in New York City, made, born and raised, you know, and then to read about this, um, and just to be completely drawn into the world. And it, I just, I fell in love. It, it was sort of like my first love. And I, there were many books that I adored, but this one, and I didn't even like the, like the best summer fling you've ever had. And you're afraid to, I was afraid to go back. It's like, what if I go back at, you know, and it's not summer anymore and the guy has pimples and he's not that cute, but I went back and read it. And it was, it was just as good and in different ways now. I see it, you know, now that I'm an adult. Has there been a book since that has almost measured up to your experience with this one? Um, yeah, in a different genre. And, you know, I write, I'm, I'm both a novelist and I've written memoirs. And in the memoir genre, I would say Frank McCourt's book, Angela's Ashes, mm -hmm. does that in a, in a different way. But it's also very specific to a time and place and it's poetic and it's written with empathy 
and um, transportive. So that for me in nonfiction and Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath for me in fiction. Also, I will say Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye. Yeah. Uh, that was the first Toni Morrison that I read. And when I read that, I just was floored. And I go back to that every few years. I'm not afraid to. And I've taught it in literature classes. Wow. I've never taught Steinbeck. Why? You, you just don't want to revisit it? Um, well, there was a little bit of that. And also, too, you, you know, in the classes that I've taught, you just have you page limits now and people's attention span, which is also why I wanted to talk about Grapes of Wrath, because it's 600 pages long and it reads at a clip. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that maybe just by talking this book up and saying, you've, you've got to read this. This is such a good book. Um, and it speaks to, to who we are, what we're struggling with now, um, particularly, I've got to say, white America. Um, it's, and why we treat people the way we do and think and function and feel. It's, it's a book for our times, even though it's from the last century. Wow. Well, that's a great way to end this. It's still relevant, still important. Um, Susan, thank you so much for being with me today. Um, oh, this has been a total pleasure. Thank you for letting me talk up something I care so much about. Thank you. conversation at withoutbooks.com.